have a tea and it's fall in New York. Go, go. I'm all cold and sad. Girls to girls, there's nothing right. I can't believe we're still using that song. <laughs> yes, that's a um, uh, song. It's um, I, I think that that's one of the best songs on earth. That's our review of that song. Hi, this is for the guys <laughs> podcast. Hi, hi. I'm Nick, I'm Nick Westray, and so am I. And <laughs> we both are. Is, Jason is sick this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jason's out. It's just um, it's just Nick's twin, Nick. Hi, and this is Jason Black, and this is a podcast. Another podcast. Yep, we're at yet another podcast in um, just a really small field of podcasts in the world right now. <laughs> what we do like to fancy ourselves is really actually in a very tiny field. We consider we ourselves are. the premiere. The, the premiere, the, the lone um, queer diva podcast. We're a podcast where queer people get together to celebrate iconic female performers in music and television and cinema. This is for the Gobble 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 Sisters. Uh, this is for all the women who are forced to do dishes during Thanksgiving and want to mm, put on yes that is. iconic diva album and uh, mm-hmm. try to break down the patriarchy, okay? This is for all of you Wellesley girls. This is for all you nostalgic grandmas out there who are just thinking about when you were in college. Yeah, this is for everyone who puts on a skirt to ride a bike. Which, actually, I did my freshman year of college, and that's how I actually made a lot of friends. I just rode through the um, Times Square. No, what is it? The square of my first the year. The quad. In college. And, I, like, for months, we were like, oh, were you, were you uh, the boy in the dress on the bike? And I was like, yeah, I guess. And <laughs> I guess so. I'm this a Wellesley girl. This is also for every girl who minored in art history. Yeah, or every every girl who taught history, art history. Uh-huh. uh-huh, yeah, for real. Oh, I think my sister maybe minored in art history for like wow. a second. Wow, I can see that. Yeah, Shout out to sisters. Love. This is a podcast for sisters. Uh, it's a podcast for sisters and moms Started and by aunties. Sisters. Yes. Yeah. And uh, hi, Jay. Hi, hi, how's your week? What's going on? Well, we're gearing up, aren't we? It is moving so fast to me. The holiday This seasons. is our Thanksgiving. This is Thanksgiving week uh, pod. Yeah, I'm really. This is our first thing. This is our first Thanksgiving week pod. First it one is. we've ever done. I yes, I'm so excited. I love Thanksgiving so hard. You it's do one of my favorite holidays. I love cooking. It's great. We used to always have a um, when I lived in when I lived in New York. Nick and I had a we had a couple of holiday traditions. We'd also spend Christmas together. So we had a lot of friends. Um, we had a. <laughs> <laughs> we would we'd throw really iconic orphans Thanksgivings. Yeah, we would have we had have orphans. Actually, you know, since I've moved to LA, I I have not had any tradition. I've literally had um like a kind of different Thanksgiving every year. It's kind of interesting. I did, I just realized mm. that. I was like, oh yeah, I've, I've just kind of let. In fact, I spent my very first Thanksgiving alone like two years ago, which was a, mm. kind what of a bummer. I won't do that again. I I well, I always watch the same things. I always watch Home Alone. Oh, Home Alone on Thanksgiving is good. Isn't that perfect? What else? Update, um, update. You, uh, update. Um, I hope everyone is getting into their Little Women books because we are. Yeah, I just got a full vintage. You can get a lot of like cute vintage, not without the covers, but the hard, hard back is so adorable. I got one. Mine on, I'm a big old a, e, ABC queen, eBay queen. <laughs> um, I, love, I, love me, I love me eBay. It's really fun. It's kind of, you know. You know, they call it a digital garage sale. eBay's been around for so long. Don't you feel like eBay came out right when, like, WW 
W. Dot came out or something. Yeah, it was a very early, yeah. <laughs> this is a history of the internet podcast. Anyway, so I feel real old school and fun to be like uh, shopping from, you know. To be auctioning The off citizens of the world, yeah. Oh, God, he mm, does. Mm. So that's, so I just got mine in. I'm really excited. How far are you yeah. in the reading? I'm like 100 pages in. I had a kind of a busy week and had to think about other things. So I'm a little slow right now, but I'm going to dive back in over Thanksgiving, which I'm really excited about. So yeah, so we're doing a Little Women book podcast episode. It'll be our first book episode. And then we're going to do one about the movie, of course, that's coming out. So you got to get ready for that. That's going to be like in December, like... Seventeenth, uh, I think we start our Little Women marathon. So you have just under a month to read your book, kids, and don't shop for it on Amazon, please. <laughs> um, um, oh, I have Diva News. I know. Are we doing Diva News now, girl? Do we? Yeah, do, we it's, do a good, it's an a iconic catch up. Right that was a re- everyone now knows everything that we're doing, which is nothing. Um, I just I didn't even think about this, and I I didn't even uh, call. Uh, Think about it well because it didn't happen, but I almost was in a full panic boo, and I haven't told you yet about it. My uh, boss's family, I work for an amazing uh, lady lawyer, and uh, her family is, her father-in-law is really involved with um, uh, trying to eliminate the death penalty. And so he was getting a, a rewarded for it, for the, this death penalty um, organization in L.A., and it was a huge gala, and we were all there and sitting. And I, um, I've just been kind of so heads in the cloud and busy. I didn't really, I didn't even read the email. I just knew I was going to this, so I didn't really know what it was about. And and we're sitting, and they say that there uh, that there's going to be f- three people promoting their movies. Do you know where I'm going on this? And, no. And, no. <laughs> and no. So. They so then I hear the words clemency, and I oh take up my towel, and they're like, and over here is the the people from clemency, and I take up my towel. I'm not even kidding you, and I put it above my face and put my hands and put my face in my hands, and like, and people are like, are you okay? And I'm like, and I'm like, turned to some stranger who's next to me, I'm like, I think I'm going to start crying. Is Alfred Woodard <laughs> at that table? And. <laughs> <laughs> I love you said towel. You meant napkin. Yes. Yeah. Well, I brought my own towel. No, I, I bring I bring a full bath towel because I sweat so much. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, my napkin, which I wanted to tuck into my shirt because I didn't want to get my like one dresser dirty, but I didn't. Um, and it turns out she wasn't there. The director was there. I got to hear the director speak. Oh my Her God. co-star was there. I, but I, I just, I was like, oh my gosh, she is. So I'm meeting Alfie Woodard at this, you know trying to abolish the death penalty convention. And I th- I said, you're going to, I thought if she was here, I knew, I, I decided right in that instant, I was going to say something to her. I was just going to say like, since I saw you in heart and soul, um, when I was nine, uh, you taught me, you know, you really taught me what acting was. You, you, I, I found something in you that I had never, that I didn't know uh, the, uh, the art of being able to express yourself. Like that's, you kind of opened my eyes to that. So, so that was my oh, slight de- yeah, but she wasn't there. Aww. So, but now I know. Now I know. If I see her, she's one. Of, she's one of the ones on the all-time highs that I will say something. That's just to. wetting I'm y'all's whistle. To. Yeah, it's gonna wet your whistle for that Alfrey episode that Jason is so sacred about. But he's like, I can't do it too soon. Yeah. We have to wait. Yeah. So Alfrey's gonna come up maybe next year. Also, I don't know. Right in. 
Also, after I will be very him. respectful, but when I, if I see you, I will, you know, be on my knees praising you because you're just that great to yeah. me. So genius, okay. genius. You, babe. You, um, wait, news. Also, da, 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 across the headlines. Um, oh, um, D- Diva News. Lizzo got nominated for eight Grammys. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. I'm excited about. Also, so did my girl Yola, who wasn't supposed to like, who had this like kind of. Oh yeah. If I played you her, you will love her so much, and that was kind of one of the surprises of the nominations. I'm really excited for her. I'm really into these Grammy numbers. I'm Lana Del Rey, Norma fucking Rockwell, mm-hmm. album of the year. Mm-hmm. Come on. Love that. Oh, also, uh, we're doing a Christmas carols episode that's coming up. <gasps> we are. We are. And we're, we're researching right now. We're looking up some fun stuff. I know you all have amazing. Yeah, send us in your favorite diva carols. Yes, we know Mariah. Yes, we will cover the Mariah song. But... Other diva carols, because there's so many diva album Christmas albums out there. So many, so many amazing ones. I don't know if we'll put this on our list, but one that I just saw was Anna Gasteyer's. Uh, Did she put out a Christmas album? Yes, girl. It just came out uh, yes. uh, this week or last week. Yeah, it's oh. um, it's called like Sugar and Booze, I think. Oh, yeah. And it's like, there's some real funny ones. They're like, one of the songs is called Nothing Rhymes with Christmas. oh i know about that because amy sedaris was posting it on her instagram yeah amy's on it oh no no maya rudolph's on it she doesn't do it yes maya rudolph is on it oh i love anna gaster she's a really great singer she's amazing yeah she can blow the girl can blow a tune out yeah so uh yeah send us in your favorite carols uh tweet them at us or um i don't know do an Instagram story and tell us what to do for uh, for the Christmas Carol episode that's coming out on December 10th. We're really Get excited about that. We're Get so on the mood. I love Christmas music, so don't don't wait. I me. know, I know. I'm trying to like wait to start until Thanksgiving or the day before Thanksgiving, but then oh no, girl, kind of... not here. Friend of the pod, me and Mickey. Um, hello, hello, Miss Candy Payne. Look her up. She's an amazing wrestler. Her and I like it's not really a dare. It's just like a, a an alert. For when we find out when it, whenever the, our channel starts up, and then we never change it. So it, your it start, radio station. Yep. So it started on the seventh, yeah. and and it's just and we're just blaring. <laughs> Bla- I'm just like windows rolled down, driving as slow as possible. It's so funny because I do oh. know now. Like you want it? Okay, can you guess the number one Christmas song that they play? Mariah Carey's um, "All uh, I Want for Christmas Is You." No. What is it? Last Christmas. Oh, because really? there's like yes, and I I'm gonna say because there's at least t- two two covers besides original that are in constant circulation. So almost at any time, if you're in the car for more than 15 minutes on that station, you're gonna hear that song. I know. Like, Wait, don't you mean this mind. Christmas? No. This Christmas. No. Last Christmas, oh. I gave you my heart, but the very oh, that one. next right. day, wham. Guys, we're doing the episode now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that movie last Christmas, though, with Henry Golding, because Emma Thompson wrote it, Diva News. She did, Diva News, Diva News. Diva News, <laughs> Emma Thompson fucking wrote that shit when I realized that. Emma Thompson, who convinced me to get off Facebook, it's been a whole week. Oh, wait, I, you didn't tell me the OG story was Diva News, Emma Thompson. <laughs> I read this interview with Emma Thompson in the New York Times that was like, uh, uh, my favorite things. I love people's my favorite things. Yeah, it's so and fun. And 
so much fun. And she was just talking about her life. And I was like, God, Emma Thompson, like, and she was talking about how much, how she believes conversation is a lost art around the dinner table and how her family conducts dinner and debates and talks about like new diva news of the day and everything. <laughs> I was like, fuck Emma Thompson. I need to be more like her and not be on Facebook. So I don't know how I went from there to there, but I was like, you need to embrace your full intellectual self and stop staring at this glow box all day long. I'm obsessed with that. Um, I don't have parties, <laughs> but were I to do that, I, I've always fantasized about having like a very like um, like a wicker phone bowl. Phone bowl, where I'm just like, okay, yeah. you know, like requirement put in, and then and then just be like for the for the first two hours, no phones. Yeah, definitely. So like maybe okay. if you want to take a picture, get a phone, but otherwise, like it's okay, put them away. Okay, yeah. gobble, 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 gobble. Wait, what does a turkey make? What is the noise that a turkey makes? Gobble. They make gobble, gobble. They say gobble. Hi, gobble. <laughs> um, and so, okay, listen, this is, we're going to, we're, we're going to, this is perfect. We're really, we've really got something cooked up for you because we think this is just the perfect time if you're, if you're with your family, if you just need to like take a break in the woods and like smoke a joint and like listen and get some LOLs out. But I really do encourage you. We're going to talk about a movie. I think it's on Netflix. I think you all should pause and watch and then you can have a real kiki with us. So I just think that's a great idea. We never do mm-hmm. movies yes. that you can watch. And so I think watch this and then have some real, real Rolfs with us. Real Rolfs with us. This is... So um, since the beginning of time, this has been one of my Boo Bear's favorite movies. And it's just kind of for me, like I love when like, you know, he'll say something high flutant in public or in public if I if they ask like, oh, what's your favorite movie? And if I'm there, I'll say, no, what is your real favorite movie? And without a beat, you say Mona Lisa smile. (laughs) And even there, it just it makes. And for the longest time, I had never seen Mona Lisa. And I want to call it, of course, of course, me, I want to call it Mona Lisa smiles. Smiles. (laughs) Smiles. <laughs> um, she does smile. Smiles. I want to add an S to it. Mona Lisa smiles. Um, and every time Nick would say that, I would just get such a giddy feeling because a lot of people, will, like, they, they know the title, they know the actresses in it, but like me, they never had seen it. So they just would kind of grin at you and, like, accept <laughs> it. <laughs> and so, yeah, so that's... I'm just so excited to hear your brilliant takedown on this because you've literally been so, saying this for years. For years. I mean, it's, I've, I used to consider it my guilty pleasure movie, but then when we made this podcast, I was like, why is it a guilty pleasure? Because it's oh, bad. Because it's, a, it's, it's amazing how dare you. It's, it's filled with women. It's about women's stuff. It's, you know, there's all these reasons that people are like didn't value this movie. They think are mm-hmm. bullshit. But I think the reason I connected with it so much when it came out was because I'm from a, a very academic family and like academics and high performance in academics was always such a big part of my life growing up. And then I ended up, you know, my parents wanted me to go to Dartmouth. They wanted all these things for me. And I ended up going instead, moving to New York and going to drama school mm. and becoming an artist and all this stuff. And this came out during my freshman year at drama school or maybe my sophomore year, 2003. Freshman. So my sophomore year at drama school. And it was um, in the fall. And it <laughs> it was just, it kind of spoke to, it's it's a movie about an art history teacher teaching these like very academic girls at Wellesley, the value of kind of 
of art and and thinking about things in a different way. And it was kind of where I was in my life and people were challenging me to kind of dismantle my left brain and like come into my right brain. And then also when I, years later when I was a bartender in New York, this for some reason was on constant loop on like TNT every day from like 12 to two, like right when I would be waking up. And so like have my breakfast and watch Mona Lisa smile for like every day for like two months. I mean, I want to call this, I want to call this movie Mona Lisa Sundays. Why? Because this is a Sunday movie, baby. This is, this is, it's also a perfect movie to put on while you're doing your kitchen prep for Thanksgiving. I mean, because you can really, because this is really like, kind of just goes scene by scene in a, certain way that I feel like you can watch something that ends, you can leave and then come right back to whatever else yeah. is happening. And you very pausable, very, very commercial breakable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very Sunday. This so, is Sundays. Yeah. You can take a nap in the middle uh, of it. Start it again. I kind of wanted to take a nap, but yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's get into it. Mona Lisa smile stars. Of course, this our is icon. another, we haven't talked, have we talked about this icon. Have yes, we? of course we have in Steel Magnolias. Oh yeah, it stars oh, my our gosh, my icon, the the greatest movie star of all time, Julia Roberts. Okay, but do we talk a, about this? Have we talked about our our like all of our fantasies the, with Julia Roberts? The the House of Roberts. Yeah, how like my so my roommate and I wanted to. Um, Pajman, I said I was going to mention him. He always asked me if I talk about him on this podcast. Well, bitch, if you listen. Um, we wanted to have we, we, we our drag house was going to be called the house of Julia Roberts, and then Nick's big fantasy is to have a what Halloween party? A Halloween party. We might do it for this show. We might do a live show like this. We want to do a fantasy. Halloween party called called the House of Roberts, where you come dressed as a different Julia Roberts character, and I have dibs on sleeping with enemy. I'm just going to wear a big men's button down shirt and have wet hair. I love it. I know. And and Nick has been Nick has had this dream for so long. So let's make this happen. For him, because let's this make it happen. Well, I would also love to come dressed as Catherine Watson. Catherine Watson is uh, her character in Mona Lisa Smile, who's a bohemian from California who gets a job. Her, what she says is her dream job, to teach at Wellesley, which is like a very snooty uh, Massachusetts all girls school in 1952 slash 53. This movie takes place over the course of it academic school year. And uh, so she moves from California in her gorgeous tweeds to become the art history teacher at Wellesley. I want to get real broy with you. I, w- I literally wanted to say, dude, I could imagine you in all of those outfits. But bra, <laughs> I really, uh, bra, bra, I really was like, Ugh, everything she's wearing right now, I bet Nick is just loving, loving, dying like, for, eh, dying free for outfit. Who Miss Julia is, wears is like perfect. This for is you. kind of Miss Julia's kind of like Oscar push post Aaron Brockovich. I, this is kind of her big. They we, were like making this vehicle for her. Can we talk about that for a second? Because I was like, I really got into ages, y'all, last night, and my own age, which is thirty four. I know I I look thirty five, um, <laughs> but Julia was basically our age during this movie, girl. Yeah, yeah, she's in her mid-30s in this movie. And don't you think, like, in my mind, like, essentially she was, like, 37 in my best friend's wedding. It's like, they always are trying to make Julia a little bit older. Yeah, yeah, because she had such leading, she was such a leading lady, and they, you know, but she started so young. So young. She's so young and pretty woman. Even though this, I think, 
I think this they say she was 30. I think she's supposed to be 30, which is supposed to be like right. she's over the hill. I'm like, whoa, y'all. I was not. I well, not in the 50s, met. that was over the hill I for know. getting married. Oh, also shout out to um, Joe and Chris who run uh, a great podcast called This Is Oscar Buzz. The first episode of This Is Oscar Buzz that Jason got me to listen to that podcast because he was like, they do a Mona Lisa Smile episode. And I listened to it and I was completely obsessed. So if you want like real good information about this movie, go listen to that. I actually got that older thing from them. So please like. <laughs> they're so good. We love them. They're scholars, so yeah, they're it's fabulous. Yeah, they're real film scholars. Okay, so then there are then there are four main junior divas in this movie. Oh, junior kind of divas. <laughs> junior divas. They are Julia Stiles playing a character called Joan Brandwin. There's Jennifer Goodwin playing Connie Baker. There's Maggie Gyllenhaal playing Giselle Levy. And then there's Kiki Dunst playing what is her character's name? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren. They call me Betty. <laughs> she, her real origins are what? <laughs> I about done died. Betty Warren is in Betty the Warren. house. Elizabeth Warren. This is Elizabeth Warren's Did real you origin remember story. That? You're right. I didn't. And when they said it, I fucking gagged. <laughs> I fucking gagged. And then I was like, wait, is Kiki Dunst going to play Elizabeth Warren in the movie about her presidency? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll get into it, but don't, you can't. Okay, if you think I love Alfred Woodard, just wait till I start talking about my Kiki. <laughs> <laughs> and I also love, this is like Jennifer Goodwin's first movie, Jennifer Goodwin of the big love cinematic universe that we are obsessed with. And I, she's so good in it. I'm going to have to say... I'm going to have to say it. MVP. She's a Jackie Weaver of this film, of, Di- of, of Diane's Palms. Are you giving her the Jackie Weaver MVP <laughs> award? Her the Jackie Weaver of Palms MVP award. <laughs> I literally I mean, she, think that. She is the heart of this movie. There are also two, did you catch the two background, almost background actor cameos of two very junior divas in this movie? I, okay, so I didn't catch them, but I did see them on the wiki. But I did not see where they were placed, so I'm a little bummed about that. So there's Lily Rabe is basically background in this movie, and Kristen Ritter. Does Kristen Ritter have a line? Or is she just... No. Kristen Ritter's in it a bit more. Like, you see her in the classroom a lot. Um, maybe she says like one thing about art and then Lily Rabe you just see at the end when they're saying goodbye to Catherine Watson. <laughs> but they're like low-key, like featured. Like, you know, they were just starting out. They're super young. Lily Rabe looks like she's like 18. Wow. It's crazy. And then there are then there are some senior supporting divas in this movie as well. This is, movie is so diva-filled, it makes me so happy. There is... Dame Marion Seldes as the mean dean of the school. I wouldn't say There's mean. The... She's she's working in her position. That's true. She's just like set in her ways. But she's also, um, she tries, she's like, I will fight for you for a limit, but if you break our Wellesley code. I've been getting some calls about your teaching methods, Catherine. They're a little unorthodox for Wellesley. We are traditionalists, Catherine. Yes, I noticed. So, if you'd like to stay here... Is that a question? More a discussion. About my staying here? Well, you'll have your formal review in May. Until then, a little less modern art. Hmm? Happy holidays. (laughs) Less modern art. Um... (laughs) 
There's uh, Juliet Stevenson, iconic Juliet Stevenson, playing a lesbian nurse. Mm-hmm, duh. There is Donna Mitchell playing the very mean and nasty mom to um, Elizabeth Warren. There is a, sm- <laughs> a small part of Mary Louise Burke as the librarian. And then, of course, my movie MVP, Marsha Gay motherfucking Harden. What do you teach? Speech, elocution, and poise. I just knew when we met, we'd be instant friends. In the Marcia house. <laughs> Literally is Marcia in her house. Like, fucking gives you everything yeah. in this movie. Yeah. It's like, she is ramping up to her Pollock histrionics in this early. I really this don't is, think, I think like they, the role was just, just written. I, I don't think there's any character description. And Marsha was like, I got a, I got an idea. I got a full she almost, fleshed idea. I, there were parts in this movie where I was like, is this movie about Marsha Gay Harden? Like she, like other people get cut to shreds, not Marsha Gay. Oh, 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 do you mean like, like the get, you think get edited out kind of? Yeah, she didn't get, she got a whole fucking arc. Yeah, she sure did. I know. Yeah. They were like, they were like these junior divas. Like, we don't know, but Marsha's going to, Marsha Gay. we're going to give her all the full story, the full story oh. and like end on a real melancholy note. I love it. I can't wait to talk about who we are in this movie because you best know who I am. I, of course, know who you are. Okay, so let's get into this plot of this movie a little bit. Give it um, to me. I mean, she comes, she moves out from California, like I said, and she comes she to teach. She is Miss Julia. Miss Julia, Miss Catherine Watson, who's kind of a saint. Like, Catherine Watson's kind of perfect. Kind, like, in classic Julia fashion. She's, like, kind. She's self-effacing. She's super, super intelligent. But she's also super free. She's like such a free spirit because she speaks her mind and wears chunky sweaters, you know? Yeah, she doesn't really... Yeah, we don't really ever get any kind of dark shades on that character, do we? Like, I can't think of anything that she... No, she's per, she's perfection. She is perfection. She's she's yeah. a per, perfect art, te- art teacher historian. I guess she's not an art teacher. She's an art history, art history teacher. teacher. Yes, but she tries to teach Man. them art history, but they have already read the entire book and memorized it. Because yeah. where do they go to school? Wellesley Girls. By a show of hands only, how many of you have read the entire text? And the suggested supplements. Long way from Oakland State. <laughs> well, you girls do prepare. Uh, if you've nothing else for us, we could go to independent study. Oh wait, but let's back it up. Let's back it all the way up because I'll tell you my favorite scene is when good old um, Miss Julia Stiles. You know who I really wanted her to be twins with was Lily Sobieski, and I wanted them to be there to be twins in this. You wanted her to have a sister. I wanted Lily Sobieski. I was like, if Lily Sobieski was in this, that'd be the fullest, roundest picture of this time period. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always think Lily Sobieski is Chloe Sevigny's twin. Oh, that's but she's younger. That would be her younger. uh, Oh yeah, that's true. um, I mean, I could have dealt with Chloe Sevigny in this movie to really add to the big love cinematic universe. If you all want us to do Glass House, we will. Oh, well, just write in, do an Instagram story about it, and we'll do it. <laughs> but Julie Stiles is like, okay, I have my gavel, and I'm going to go and do this iconic yes. knock at the door. And I was like, this is so fun. There's this tradition at the start of Wellesley where she, like, 
the girls uh, like to start the year. The girls walk up to the door of knowledge and have to knock on it. Who knocks at the door of learning? I am every woman. What do you seek? To awaken my spirit through hard work and dedicate my life to knowledge. Then you are welcome. All women who seek to follow you can enter here. I now declare the academic year begun. <laughs> but then I thought, oh my gosh, what would mine, mine, and I try to come up with mine if someone knocked on my, my house door like that. Um, and I think it would be something like, if you are here to be, if you're here to sit and be quiet or eat and sleep, this is where friends meet. <laughs> that would be the entrance to my, to, to my learning. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good, right? That's, that's adjacent black university. <laughs> Dark. But this is dark. <laughs> um, but this is. I fun also though. had like such a fantasy at the time because I was in drama school and I liked it. But I was like, oh, I wish it was at real college. That's something. And to you me, really... this is like real college to me. Like, a, I'm a female, and B, it's the 1950s, and C, I'm majoring in art history. <laughs> but I really am just trying to get married. Like I, that's real college to me, and I didn't do it. I think to bring that down, you've always had that in you. Where you've, oh, I think, and I really am now putting this together, how this film coincides with your full, full, full fantasy of, like, yes. uh, you know, because you, you truly love school and you're good at school, which is a two, yeah. two things that, like, don't always coincide, is that you love it, you love knowledge, and you love to kind of work in that. So I can, I'm, not, I'm just like, oh, I get this. He was in drama school and watching this, like, what in his mind would have been his fantasy. Of yeah, like my fantasy life. Yeah, your true. Fa- so, like every time you go back to this, you can kind of a little bit relive. Uh, exactly, your I get career. To be a one of these girls, your and, other career. Okay, so they, so Julia tries to teach them some shit, and then she realizes, oh, they know everything. So I've got to mix it up, and so then she starts just like bringing in some more controversial pieces of art, and it's just like look beyond. She brings in no. this painting that's that's like a carcass. What is that? You tell me. Carcass, by Soutine, 1925. It's not on the syllabus. No, it's not. Is it any good? Come on, ladies. There's no wrong answer. There's also no textbook telling you what to think. It's not that easy, is it? No, 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 this is my favorite part. This is my favorite part. This is how I evaluate all art. Is it good? Or is it bad? And they're all like, what? And she's like, that's how you evaluate art. Good or bad? That's just not that she's trying to get them to just like start. But no, but no, no, no. But listen, here's her question. Her question is like, who gets to make the value judgment? And mean old Elizabeth Warren, played by <laughs> Kiki Dunst, is like, she's like the establishment does or the right people decide. And she is of the right people because she's wasp. You know, she's from a certain class. And like, she's talking about the patriarchy decides. And Julia's like, well, what if the patriarchy doesn't decide? What if you women get to decide in this moment what you value and not be told by other people what to value? Hmm. That's what she's dismantling in this movie. All right, no. It's not good. In fact, I wouldn't even call it art. It's grotesque. Is there a rule against art being grotesque? I think there's something ag- aggressive about it. And erotic. 
To you, everything is erotic. Everything is erotic. Girls. Aren't there standards? Of course there are. Otherwise, a tacky velvet painting could be equated to a Rembrandt. Hey, my Uncle Freddy has two tacky velvet paintings. He loves those clowns. <laughs> there are standards, technique, composition, color, even subject. So if you're suggesting that rotted side of meat is art, much less good art, then what are we going to learn? Just that. You have outlined our new syllabus, Betty. Thank you. What is art? What makes it good or bad, and who decides? Art isn't art until someone says it is. It's art. <laughs> the right people. Who are they? Betty Warren. We're so lucky we have one of them right here. <laughs> Just look at it again. Look beyond the paint. Let us try to open our minds to a new idea. Hmm? Well, I'm going to remantle it right up with my Kiki because I'm never going to talk bad about, about my Elizabeth Warren. Because <laughs> what Kiki is actually saying, what Elizabeth Warren is actually saying is she has a plan. And her plan is that the people who should judge us are critics because they, are, they have steeped themselves in history and knowledge. And us simpletons are going to decide if it's good or bad. I can look at anything all day and be like, good, bad. Doesn't mean I have any genuine or deep opinion mm. about it. Right, but you also have to think of it in the context of the time period of the movie, the 1950s, and Jackson Pollock has just started, and what's going to come up is Andy Warhol and the whole idea of pop art and the pop art movement and the kind of democratization of art that like is on the cusp, and mm -hmm. that Catherine Watson is like knows about because <laughs> she's a bohemian from California, and that we all know about in hindsight, but that's so – it's like this little cusp of – um knowledge at that moment that she's trying to teach these girls and bring them along into the future uh, because what do all what do they basically want to come to wellesley to do to get married to get married she realizes it's nothing but a fucking finishing school and that the girls don't want to learn like she wants them to to hell with wellesley i'm done Catherine. It's brilliant, really, when you think about it. A perfect ruse, a finishing school disguised as a college. Well, they got me. What do you expect? More. More. I, I, I thought that I was headed to a place that would turn out tomorrow's leaders, not their wives. No, no I will not. Also, her looks when she's not in the classroom, stunning. Stunning. Those stunning. thermals, I mean, stunning. So just to bring it back to something real superficial, <laughs> we were just praising her classroom looks. You all got to see... Julia Roberts can wear. Yeah. And she has the greatest hair in the history pieces. of Hollywood. When she's laying, girl, you, I know you're, what you're thinking about when she was laying down and they were doing the above mm -hmm. shot of her, like yes. after her little kissy scene. And you're like, look at uh -huh. that hair. Look at that mane. Beautiful. Oh. So each of the four junior divas has like a little arc. <laughs> arc. Like Elizabeth Warren, kind played of. by Kiki Dunst, like is getting married while in school and doesn't give a fuck about her studies, even though she writes evil editorials. She's like the fucking Laura Ingram, Fox <laughs> News of oh. Wellesley, writing mean editorials. She gets Juliet Stevenson kicked out for giving abortion, not giving abortion, giving <laughs> diaphragms to people. For giving abortion like, medication, pre-abortion <laughs> medication is what they used to call it. Pre-abortion medications. <laughs> Just giving out contraceptives. So she's on that path, and she's getting married to some whatever dude. And then you've got Julia Stiles, who's engaged to Topher Grace, but she's really smart, and Julia is helping her uh, do a fucking application to Yale Law School. 
Something about that was cute. Like the little ones, like all being in these films. I was like, oh, you little ones who are actually just a couple years older than me. It I turns know, out. But she's so. I mean, I know like Julia Stiles is a, not everyone's favorite on earth. Like, I get that. I'll come for it. But I'm just going to say she is so reliable in a movie. Like she is. She's a reliable, strong, centered. Like even if I think of Hustlers and like what she does in Hustlers, she's so. She's really actually very good in that movie. She kind of grounds. She kind of f- grounds it. She kind of grounds you yeah. in like the. I'm not mad at her about any Bourne movie. I'm not mad at her about those. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I actually did I'm a big for... look up on her um, after this. We could do a whole like. Well, first off, I wanted to say this. I am down, girl. I am not a Julia completist. I'm just not. I've realized I really, really, really am not. Like I've never seen that Larry Crown movie. I know I've seen Money Monster, but I know you're staring at me like, what am I talking about? I know I've seen Money Monster, but I don't remember it. Like, I was like, whoa, I need to really get into my Julia Winter yeah. and, and, and really be a completist. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, Julia Stiles, I'm... <laughs> You've seen all those films. No, I've seen every single one. I have, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen all 300, but I did not recognize quite a few on that title. So I was like, I really have to get with that also. Her voice game in this, too, was like... She does like a full-on dialect. She sure does. And then sometimes when Kiki's with her, Kiki tries to match that, like in different scenes, mm-hmm. and it's real fun. It's real old-timey Wellesley and girl talk, y'all. Yes. You've got everything you've ever dreamed of. You will, too. I've got a secret to tell you. Mm. You swear you won't gab to anyone. I got accepted early to Yale Law School. To what? Why? You don't want to be a lawyer? Shh. Maybe I do. You won't switch brands of cold cream without asking me, but you applied to law school? On a lark. We never thought I'd get in. Who's we? Miss Watson. She practically filled out my application for me. You've got to be kidding me. What right does she have? You're getting married. First of all, there's no ring on this finger. Second, I can do both. I can. You are this close to getting everything you ever wanted and this close to losing it. And then Jennifer Goodwin is playing a girl who just wants to fall in love, and she meets a nerd who then has a girlfriend, but then he doesn't, and Kiki lies about it. It's a great little. Arc I don't for think Jenny Kiki Goodwin. lies about it. She just, she just missing, she just gave misinformation. Wow, you're really here to support the devil in this movie. <laughs> Sorry if the devil's played by the divine, by played by the divine Listen, light. She's, she's one of the great. She's one of the great villainesses of cinema history. <laughs> she's like she's like our modern Betty Davis. Oh. She's so good at playing these fucking, you know, from like um, Interview of the Vampire to fucking Melancholia to this. Like she's so good at being that very prickly female protagonist who's got lots of mean opinions and yeah, weird but that's, agendas. But that's why I see this is why like so you think she's lying at Jennifer um Goodwin's character, but I don't think I think she's just like being careless. She's more careless than she and she can be like really cruel. But I think she really was just like she's like, I don't keep track of his love life. Like that's who he was dating. You know, like, my bad, like, you, you know, you're an adult, like, you sh- you go figure it out. I'm married, sweetie, I have a house to run. I understand those responsibilities, Nick, very deeply. <laughs> <laughs> and who did she learn her fucking house manners from? Oh, no, that woman is true villainess. Marsha Gay Harden. Marcia oh, Gay oh, Harden's- I thought you meant her mom. Oh, no, that woman is the villainess, the mom. 
But Marsha Gay Harden teaches a class just on manners, and she <laughs> does math problems, like about when your husband has to bring two extra people to dinner. Your husband is at a crossroads in his career. He's competing for promotion against two rivals, Smith and Jones. To get the edge, you have wisely decided to invite the boss and his wife to a seven o'clock dinner. You've carefully planned your meal, set your table, and arranged for a babysitter. Then surprise, it's 6.15, and your husband's called to say that Smith, Jones, and their wives have been invited at the boss's request. Ever the wealthy girl, you keep your cool and understand that the boss is probably testing you as much as your husband. What next? What do you honestly do? <laughs> like, if you only have so much meatloaf, I don't know. So it's like a real fun, like, real fun thought experiment. Yeah, I mean, for, it's, ba- it's a thought experiment. <laughs> I would love to. T- I need to take that class. But you may all be here for an easy A, but the grade that matters the most is the one he gives you, not me. And then the other Junior Divas kind of arc is. Okay, I'm going to just spell it now. This is who I wanted to be in this movie so Maggie, much. Maggie, you wanted to be Maggie, didn't you? Oh, so bad. I knew it. I, I literally knew it. You know that look she has where she has the the flannel shirt but she ties it at her midriff and she's laying on the sofa? I like would do that. I like went out in New York to different vintage stores to find that plaid shirt and I found it and I basically didn't take it off for 2 years. Because I was trying to be Maggie G in this movie. So I hard. knew it so hard, and I like don't even. I like so, right when she came out, I was like, "That's Nick. That's who Nick. That's so." I actually saw you. That's in who a I want to be. That's who you want to be. That's who I want to be. But I actually am Kiki. Oh really? I actually think okay. I actually think you're Julia. Julia Roberts. Yes. That is the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. That's who I want to be the most yes. is Julia. I thought you oh. were Julia with. With your moon in, with your moon in Maggie. Oh, with my moon in Maggie. Yeah. And maybe a little Kiki rising. Y- yes, yes. I think you do have Kiki rising. I think like you do have the Kiki tendencies. But yes. Can I just tell you who you are just to make sure I'm right? I'm one person. I'm only You're Marsha Gay. I'm Marsha. I'm, You're Marsha Gay y'all. with Marsha Gay rising and Marsha Gay moon. <laughs> my house is in Marsha Gay. My moon, my sun, my I. Right when I was like trying to figure, I was like watching and watching, and then boom, here comes Marsha. And just from the instant that she was like, she shows show, Julie Roberts comes and lives at her at her house. Yeah. Okay. Her, the house like, that she grew up in. Woman boarding house that she grew up in, and Julia's room. It was all done in the exact same floral pattern. Floral mattress, floral curtains, floral wallpaper. Wallpaper. And she goes, don't you just love chintz? And I almost started crying. Because <laughs> that is and something. And then when she showed when she showed up in that nightgown, uh, I was like, and she all she wants to do is sit at home and watch TV. I love Lucy. Yeah. She's like, I, I love like, Lucy. And she also likes to be a little bit of a booze hound, but by herself. She's a sloppy drunk. By herself. Like, to me, it's like, <laughs> yes. that sounds like, no, don't need no man to have, have me some fun. don't need no man. Just need a classic Manhattan and like a fun look. You know, like, uh-huh. and slightly harass a bartender. Like, that's yeah, me. Yeah, yelling at bartenders. I was like, this is a, is this the Jason Black biopic? And was then my kind question. of like waddle home and say like cryptic and creepy truths about myself, <laughs> in which people aren't fully like equipped to deal with. Oh, but that bedroom, I always, I've, oh, y'all, get, get this, give us a million dollars so I can just do that one patterned room. I find that so 
creepy, enchanting, specific. Like I always think what happens when that, you know, I, then I think I, I, when I've even planned this, it's like, well, you just have to get rolls. You have to get extra rolls of the wallpaper, extra, um, fabric for the comforters. (laughs) Just, you just always have, you have to buy like a double of that so you can keep it up. Like I planned this. So yes, I am Marsha Gate. There we go. When you see this movie, then you'll know a little bit more about me. So then Maggie Gyllenhaal's little arc is that she's been having an affair with Dominic West, who plays a teacher, but she's also like a, a little bit of a boozy, kind of slutty, and but she's so complicated. I feel like anyone else with that part would have made that part really two-dimensional, and Maggie really fills it out beautifully. Giselle Levy, whose dad is like left, and she's from a divorced home and all this stuff, and they talk about that, and like she's got some daddy issues. Maggie is someone... That I always forget, and when I see, I think, oh, you're one of our greatest talents. It's like that, like that for me. Like, I don't ever, she's never Mm -hmm. in the forefront of my mind, and then I see something with her, and she's so natural, and at the same time, so on fire with, like, Mm -hmm. an in-command of of what's going on that, like, she always seals the film for me. And for some reason, for whatever reason, I always forget her. And And then watching this, I just think, you are, you are superb. Like you, she doesn't really have that much to do actually in this. None of them no. really do, but but she has such a she has such a but she's so good in it. She's such a she's so wry and she's so relaxed and so like. Wait, so do you think you she know? has an arc? What what is what does her arc end in? <laughs> Nothing really. Right? Well, it ends in that beautiful scene between her and and Kirsten Dunst, where so Kirsten Dunst gets married and her husband ends up cheating on her and stuff. And Maggie knows that. And Maggie is carrying on with some older man who's married and she's talking to the girls about it. And Kirsten Dunst gets set off because it's her situation. Cause she's the wife at home while the husband cheats. And Kirsten just starts screaming at Maggie and projecting all of the shit onto Maggie. Do you know what they say? They say you're a whore. Pretty soon, once they've all sampled you, they'll toss you aside like a used rag. Betty, stop now! The men you love don't even want you. Your father doesn't want you. I'm gonna meet you downstairs. Professor Dunbar! Betty, that's enough! Everybody knows you right outside his house! It must be torturous running after a man who doesn't even care about you. Who's in love with someone else. He hates you. He hates you! Betty. And it hurts! Ah! Get off of me! And Maggie realizing that from the go, I love her. She's like so advanced. Giselle is so advanced. She's a little bit more mature than the rest of the girls, you know. And she's so kind to Jennifer Goodwin. She's really like the savior of the group, and she saves. She's also the smoker. Uh, and she, I, I love that her and Jennifer Goodwin smoke, and I also love that she straight up like is like watching people like do laps in the pool and gives them puffs of the cigarettes. I'm like, hmm, that's a thing to do. And I was an iconic smoker that. at this time. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just, it all comes back. It all comes back to why I'm every woman in this movie. I but, really do um, think you are. That's like my other thought. I was like, at first I thought you were everyone, kind of. I was like, so I'm feeling Nick in almost all of these ca- characters in like yes. some capacity. Yeah, you're really resonating. But this me. was also the dawn of Maggie Gyllenhaal at this time. She also was making it the same year, either before or after, like Secretary, and she made 
Happy endings. Happy endings. So good. She Happy sings endings. in it. Remember, you brought the she fucking does. soundtrack. Yes, she does. She has a great song in Happy Endings. Ugh. How lucky am I? So her boyfriend, Dominic West, ends up falling in love with Julia Roberts. And you get to watch Maggie practice kind of this advanced idea of sexuality where she's a little jealous, but she also knows that she she and Dominic West weren't going to end up together. And so she doesn't get all like jealousy to Julia and mean. She's like, of course he loves her. She's fabulous. Like Maggie is in love with Julia Roberts in this movie and really idolizes her in a very beautiful way. And doesn't do what I thought was going to happen, which was like be, I thought they were going to really tip their hat and play like that. She, that Maggie's just such a mess because she's sexual and that she, and, like, yeah. and then she's going to hate Julia Roberts. She's like, no, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, she, and I think she even says, right, she's better than him. Like, she's just so mm-hmm. much better she's than too him. Good. She's too yeah, good. Yeah, she's too good for him. Which yeah. is so sweet. Which turns so out nice. to be true, because even though Dominic West is a fucking snack. This is a weird part of the movie. I didn't really get... This is where I kind of like lost some... I feel like I... What, when they broke up? When he and Julia break up? Because he lied about being a war veteran. And so she was like, no, well, no, Well, he no. lied saying that he was this big war hero in Italy. And then Julia finds out that he was only stationed in Long Island. And he never went to Italy. Julia doesn't like lying. No, truth and art. That's truth and truth art. Truth and art. She doesn't like lying. Oh. Her, what, is your, okay. what is your character's, what is your character's um, motivation? It's, I'm an anti-lying, sir. I'm yeah. Elizabeth Warren. I'm... Did you I'm think Elizabeth perfect. Warren lies in this film? No, I think she stands by her convictions all the way, all the way through. Until she realizes all of her convictions are wrong. <laughs> um, okay, so my favorite scene in this movie, bar none. So this is another thing that like deeply connected me to this movie. So Julia is like trying to get through to the girls, get them to think outside the box, and so she takes them to this warehouse where somehow some art friend of hers has a fucking, the the huge kind of black and gray Jackson Pollock, like stored in a crate, like obviously like about to go to Mass Mocha or the the Met, which is where that painting is now. And she says, Do me a favor. Do yourselves a favor. Stop talking and look. You're not required to write a paper. You're not even required to like it. You are required to consider it. It's your only assignment today. When you're done, you may leave. And that's kind of what I think Catherine Watson is doing in this movie and why I connected with it so much. Because even if that may seem basic, the message of this movie, we all start as pretty basic, or at least I did. I started as like a basic girl from the Midwest. And even though these movies can, this movie can be written off as basic or whatever, we all start off there and there's a beauty to that. We don't all have to be advanced when we fall in love with Mona Lisa Smile. We can just love Mona. We don't all have to know the history of Jackson Pollock to, for the first time. I then went and 
like went and stood in front of that painting for a long time at the Metropolitan Museum of Art because I was 19 and hadn't done that yet. Even and I was from a really small town and I didn't have access to Jackson Pollock. But even with the basicness of it all, there, I, I that that was my probably most moving scene, and it's the photo they use for the film is when they do when they just show you on from the side the of all of their faces kind of, and there's, they have a light projecting down on their faces and you can kind of see all mm-hmm. of these, these kids just, you know, being stripped of kind of um, formal education and truly asked to just investigate a piece from a very different uh, point of view. I was like, that's, that's, that's super, super moving to be able to see wonder, just that kind of wonder of like, of just being filled up with knowledge that you don't actually that you, that you aren't reading or or yeah. learning it's just some it's just knowledge of like an experience it's really and letting really the fabulous. and letting the letting the questions be more important than the answers you know it's fun to bring that back we should be bringing that back into our lives you know i think i know i can get real blue and negative i know for us that's the movies i still very much am like here i am yeah. lord you know. I can still be in awe. I can still and be And also awe. I want, in this sad girl fall, I want all of you, you know, if you're looking for love, just find someone who looks at you <laughs> like Julia Roberts looks at a Pollock in this movie. Oh, wow. Like, find someone who looks at you like Catherine Watson looks at a Pollock because it's beautiful. And Julia is so gorgeous in that scene. Yeah, she's perfect. She, yeah, she has on her little um, berets. Beret. She has on her beret. Red raspberry beret. Oh, so perfect. And then, you know, but I think the the best arc of all of them is Elizabeth Warren is Kiki Dunst because after that breakdown we talked about, she decides. Oh, be beyond me, beyond me. I've actually very strong. If you, it's kind of on the sidelines and it kind of gets mumbled through, but I actually do have a surprising arc myself. It's the strongest secondary arc. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but Kiki, after she has this that breakdown we talked about with Maggie, well, first she and Julia like have had major, major fights about art, about morals, about life. She writes an evil, scathing editorial about Julia and tries to get her Subversive. <laughs> they, they keep using that word. It's like the 50s like slang for like um, Antifa or something. Don't disregard our traditions just because you're subversive. Don't disrespect this class just because you're married. Don't disrespect me just because you're not. Come to class, do the work, or I'll fail you. If you fail me, there will be consequences. Are you threatening me? I'm educating you. That's my job. And then Kiki writes the editorial, and then Julia (laughs) fucking comes in with her feminist speech about this girdle will set you free. Slide. Contemporary art. No, that's just an advertisement. Quiet. Today you just listen. What will the future scholars see when they study us? A portrait of women today? There you are, ladies. The perfect likeness of a Wellesley graduate, magna cum laude, doing exactly what she was trained to do. Slide. A Rhodes Scholar. I wonder if she recites Chaucer while she presses her husband's shirts. Slide. 
<laughs> now you physics majors can calculate the mass and volume of every meatloaf you make. Slide. A girdle to set you free. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does it mean? I give up. You win. The smartest women in the country. I didn't realize that by demanding excellence, I would be challenging. What did it say? What did it say? Uh, the roles you were born to fill. Is that right? The roles you were born to fill? dismissed but then at the end Kirsten realizes the error of her ways and it's one of those like you know it's one of those stories where like the person who you love the most or who you most identify with or want to is the one you push away hmm. like Kirsten loves Julia and hates herself for loving her and so tries to like stifle that the whole movie until at the end she's like tell me who your broker is in New York City <laughs> I also think the, and like, yeah, does Julie have a broker in New York City? Um, Apparently, because she and Maggie are going to go be roommates in Greenwich Village, like real bohemian children. And I was like, yes, this is my fantasy. I know it was. I know. I, I was living. I, um, I also think that the people you hate the most, you know, it's always that kind of classic thing, or maybe the people that are most like you. Or that you are afraid of becoming, mm-hmm. or that you see in yourself, and that you or society has deemed as bad. So you know, it's yes. always the you know, it's that, that kind of classic tale, like the bully that's beating up on the fag is actually just a fag. So he's trying to kill the thing that's inside of him. So yeah. I think she was trying to really sit on those impulses and things that she knew to be true. And then also, we forgot that all through the movie, Dominic West's nickname for Julia Roberts is. Oh, it is um, Jizzy. Mona Lisa. <laughs> you should have seen Nick's face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, and then they sing that song, and then he's like, that's our song, and she's like, whatever. I know. He definitely got some scenes cut. Yeah, I. we do think, and I'm glad you're saying this, because I do think, like, there was some edit. I feel like there could be, like, a Mona Lisa. Talk about, like, we want the Diane Deluxe. I feel like Mona Lisa could be, like, four hours. I want hours. the director's cut. Yeah, give us I the I want the four-hour version. Give it to me. Because I feel, Give it to me. Yes. I feel like there's much... Uh, I feel like there's a lot of people's stuff that maybe we don't... We're not quite privy to. And then they have the... Then she does her final lecture, which is about what? What piece of art? <laughs> Um, the Mona Lisa. <laughs> and all the girls discuss Mona Lisa and they're like, Look at this. She's smiling. Is she happy? She looks happy. So, what does it matter? I was like looking up the term of Mona Lisa smiles, and guess what? I don't remember what I read. 
Something about how, because <laughs> you know, it's an actual term, Mona Lisa smile. Yeah, um, well, it's because it's so ambiguous. Yeah, it's you ambiguous. Don't know, it's like, is she happy? And that's the, right, that's, yeah. Is she happy? Do you all have Mona Lisa smiles? Are you happy in your life? Listen, I know Van Gogh. I know who Van Gogh is. Okay, sweetie. Okay, the Mona Lisa is by Da Vinci. That's but... right. He sure is his contemporary in 1920s. Um, <laughs> you know what I would call this the second movie? What? Mona Lisa smiles again. <laughs> That's like my big take. My big take is... And I just kept saying that to myself the whole movie. What if Mona Lisa smiled again? Again. Here. Was it super okay, clear to you at the end that she was leaving the school? Because I, it was not. I actually had to kind of wick at it. She was going to Europe. To see yes, art. she was going to Europe for the first time to see art for herself. She didn't want to teach um, the because, Wesley girls anymore. Because it was about what she, her journey, Catherine Watson's journey, is. But what do I actually want? And she's never been to and Europe. The, and she's never followed her dreams, so she, you know, which I think is the fucking cinematic arc of all Julia Roberts characters. Is what? Following like your dreams? They, they eventually realize, yeah, but what do I want? You know, it's like the very eat, pray, love, nodding hillness of it all. What if I was like Marcia Gay Harden? I realized that I was <laughs> never going to have sex. I was going to watch I Love Lucy. I Oh, my God. Wait, are we going to do her arc? Because she... When at the at the last thing when when Julia Roberts is like you're right it is a celebration like I did get invited back but I'm not going to take it let's go out and you do think okay fine they're going to like let loose a little bit this movie's going to like open up and have some fun and she straight up is like no I actually want to watch TV I don't and I was like I've never seen a more truthful moment for <laughs> in comparison to my life like no you know what I don't want to I don't want to join the land of the living I don't like it I don't like it out there I never have it's safer in here everyone stay inside that's Marsha Gay's arc she are, are you gonna are you not gonna talk about her arc that Real is quick. her arc. She had she had a she had a fucking boyfriend who went off to war, and she implies that he died. <laughs> no, she but says that's he not died. What happened? No, it's not. That's not what happened. No, She's not. a liar, just like Dominic West. And what does Catherine Watson not like? Liars. Nope. She likes art, but she doesn't like liars. She likes truth and art. Truth um, and art. and Marcia Gay gets drunk at fucking Elizabeth Warren's wedding, and she is like, Do you want to know something funny? When he's not dead, not technically, he, he's got married, he's got a wife and kids and a mortgage. It was all supposed to be mine except for the wife. And you, you don't look a thing like him, you ugly bartender. Stop it, Nancy. You couldn't shine his shoes. It was supposed to turn out like this. It was, and I'm like, that's. I like a sad story that this ends in you being, you know. I always talk about this. I went. There's a book called um, "Reclaiming the Shrew." Oh yeah, I really want to get it for myself. (laughs) I mean, I'm not that far down the fucking hole. I don't know why I'm acting like that. I'm sure I'm. We should do that for next year's book club. Yeah. Oh yeah. So sad. No, I mean, honestly, Battle Angels, if you have enough money and want to marry me and you enjoy a sexless, loveless life, I'm, I'm here for you. So just, just honestly, think of that. 
<laughs> Think of that. Okay, so the last thing I kind of want to talk about with this movie is everyone compares it. Everyone calls it the girl dead poet society, right? And I think that's the it got it didn't get very favorable reviews, and yeah, and I think a lot of people um, unfairly in their reviews were, were comparing it to that. Yeah, and I just want to like kind of I think the the thing to me about this movie that's queer is these girls realizing that the morals placed on them by their moms, their families, their society are fucked up and they want to rebel against that. And that I think is like a very queer narrative that I super identified with at the time that I saw this movie. But like I said before, like Robin Williams' whole message in Dead Poet Society is carpe diem, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just go do it, boys. Go. And they interpret that as like, oh, I'm going to have sex with a girl or I'm going to, you know, really go for the essay or I'm going to kill myself in the saddest case in that movie. But Julia is just being, is literally trying to get these girls to dismantle the patriarchy mm-hmm. in their minds. And she's getting them to try to like change their entire way of thinking to like a more like a queerer, stranger way of a, a different value system entirely, and I'm like that is so. It's such a more valuable message of a movie than fucking carpe diem than like being a dude and be like, yeah, seize the day, do whatever you want before you die, which is such a fucked up thing to teach young children. I think. Oh, do you want to hear my really important thing to say to that? Yeah, my scruff name just so happens to be. Carpe Dees Nuts. <laughs> and I do not ever, 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 ever get love for it. Can you hear me? <laughs> you should get love for it. I know. I think it's so funny. I've never seen, I've never seen Carpe Diem, the movie. So I don't know. You've never seen Dead Poet Society? Mm-mm. No. Even though oh, I do think Robin funny. Williams is a full snack. But no, I haven't. I haven't. No, it's not, not, it wasn't really, I mean... I kind of would watch it because I bet all of those young boys are real snacky snackies. But um, yeah, they're cute. But yeah. it's uh, this is better. This it's is right, your better about, Dead Poets Society. I Turn love that. On it's like boys while you're making your Thanksgiving. Also, we don't need boys to be like. No one needs to tell like a bunch of white boys that like the world isn't their fucking oyster. It's done been their oyster. Like this yeah. movie was just trying to. Say, I mean, you know, this movie's super silly. This movie's a full on Thanksgiving turkey. Um, Mona Lisa, smi- Mona Lisa smizes, uh, but she is like <laughs> Mona Lisa smizes. <laughs> Eat a Tyra. Um, this, uh, you know, she's trying to just be like, why don't we stop just thinking about what we're prescribed and told to believe in and actually start uh, choosing it ourselves. And there yeah. is that moment where Julia Stiles, who doesn't really, she's does not actually have much of an arc. Um, she kind of, I do want to see what was chopped off of her. Cause I think a lot was truly. No, but she gets to have like the post feminist fucking speech where she's like, it was my choice not to go. He would have supported it, but you don't have to choose. No, I have to, I want a home. I want a family. That's not something I'll sacrifice. No one's asking you to sacrifice that Joan. I, I just want you to understand that you can do both. Do you think I'll wake up one morning and regret not being a lawyer? Yes, I'm afraid that you will. Not as much as I regret not having a family, not being there to raise them. I know exactly what I'm doing, and it doesn't make me any less smart. This must seem terrible to you. I didn't say that. I... Sure you did. You always do. You stand in class and tell us to look beyond the image, but you don't. 
To you, a housewife is someone who sold her soul for a center hall colonial. She has no depth, no intellect, no interests. You're the one who said I could do anything I wanted. This is what I want. And I think, like, as much as Kiki, as much as Julia changes Kiki in this movie, Julia Stiles changes Julia. Because I think that that interaction is what leads Catherine Watson to be like, you know what? I'm going to go to Europe and focus on me and figure out what my choice is. The end of the film is all of the girls bike riding behind um, Catherine. And did you get a little choked up when Kiki was Uh the last one and she didn't want to let go? Wasn't that? Uh I got choked up. I'm getting choked up saying it a little bit. Not all who wander are aimless, especially not those who seek truth beyond tradition, beyond definition, beyond the image. I can't wait. We're going to do a whole TV episode. She's so iconic. She's also such a, a lo- like, the gays just do love her. It's like she was like birthed into like all she has all of these iconic roles that we all attach ourselves like you said yeah um interview uh, the interview. vampire and drop down Elizabeth Town. <laughs> <laughs> how dare um. you smite her name <laughs> with fucking elizabeth warren town get out of here <laughs> Elizabeth Warren. Town. I am gonna go on Breitbart and, and and I'm gonna be like, we you we once thought she was Pocahontas, but here is Elizabeth Warren's true origins. She, it is Kiki Dunst in a bunch of old grandma makeup. Like, what if that? What if Elizabeth Warren? What if Elizabeth Warren is Kiki Dunst? Y'all, I'm all about my conspiracy theories that I don't even yes. really cook up, but that's. This movie is also so Christmas. There's a whole Christmas Ooh. and New Year sequence. Ooh. There is carols. There's Ooh. Christmas trees. There's um, lots of whiskeys in the snow. It's so Christmas. So just like put it on repeat. It's sweater. It's really weeks. sweater. This movie is sweater it's the movie. Sw- it's sweater weather the movie. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And like we said, yeah. you could kind of just loop this movie. It's that kind of movie yeah. that could just be on the on the big screen, looped. Family can jaunt it in and out, and, and a lot of faces that are going to be recognizable. And you'd be like, "Oh yeah, I mm-hmm. know that girl." And and it's got down. a great soundtrack with Tori Amos on it, and Celine Dion, and we Barbara Streisand is on it. Dropped it. Tori Amos is actually even in the movie. Shout out, Nikki. Tori Am- yeah, Tori Amos is in the movie as a wedding singer, and she uh, sings "You Belong to Me." And Do you know that that's so one of my beautiful. probably one of my all time favorite classics? Even though I think the sentiment is very ownershipy and like not uh-huh. about how I like base my queer life or relationships. Literally, the song right. is "You Belong to Me," but I love the melody of it, and I do yeah. somewhat love the just the sentiment of like wherever you go, like I'm still here waiting for you. So like, kind of know with, that like, with my deed to your existence. <laughs> yeah. With only signed. my contract to your fucking name. So like, enjoy the Nile bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I own you. Um, but at least like my, the person I own gets to go and have fun. I don't know. I do love that song though. I really love it. It's a great cover by right? Tori. Um, well, that's Mona Lisa smile kids. That's why I love that movie. And that's why, uh, even though it's a problematic fave, it's my fave. Wouldn't it be fun if people sent us their Mona Lisa smiles photos? 
Yeah. Will you show us a smile that shows us, uh, makes us ask, what's beneath the surface? <laughs> or, or makes and... us ask, is this good or is this bad? <laughs> <laughs> Look deeper. Look deeper. This is also a companion piece to Julia's other movie about the art world. What? Closer. Oh. Closer. You love Closer, too. You're it came out two years later. I was a huge closer yeah. stan. I was like, what? This is what adult relationships are going to be like. I can't wait. First you go to I college get... like Julia Roberts, and then you have adult relationships. Like, that's dark. And then, you, and then you just start fucking men who look like Clive Owen until Whoa. one stays. Wow. That's what I did. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> That's my technique. Okay, well, thanks, everyone. You really are Julia Roberts, the... and I really oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode. Um, send us your Mona Lisa smiles. Send us your um, costume ideas for the House of Roberts. Send us your favorite clips from Elizabethtown. Yeah. Send us... Um, don't forget to read your Little Women book. You have so much homework right now from us. It's I know it's the holidays, but it's school is in session. Diva school. The schools of divas and us is in session. Oh, I like that. Yeah. If you are, you know, if you have to get away, just be like, I'm taking some, I'm taking some online classes. Thanks for listening. Um, download, subscribe, share it with your friends. Yes. Yes. We love you. And here, uh, yes, bring on the holidays. Here we come. We, we're really excited. Bye, Battle Angels. Happy Thanksgiving. Eat way too much. Bye, we Wellesley you. girls. Bye. See the pyramids along the Nile. Watch the sunrise on a tropical. Just remember, darling, all. Oh.